As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. The Summit Sportsman Spectacular is back for 2019. An incredible value, the Summit Sportsman Spectacular at State Capitol Raceway in Port Allen, Louisiana, will take place this weekend, March the 29th through the 31st. Stay tuned to learn more about that awesome value that IHRA is bringing to tracks near you. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. This offseason, it is our goal on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to interview each of the 2018 world champions the IHRA Sportsman Champs, the NHRA Summit ET Series Champs, and the IHRA Super Series Champs. Today's show is an extension of that pursuit. Today, we welcome 2018 NHRA Sportsman World Champion, Brian Hendrickson. We'll talk to Brian shortly and hear about his championship chase in 2018. It's time for The Big Interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys, as promised, we have the 2018 NHRA Sportsman ET Champion, which I happen to pick right here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. been knowing this guy for quite a while, been competing at a very high level for quite a while, and it is a pleasure and an honor to have that champion with us, Brian Hendrickson. Brian, how are you doing tonight, bud? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on here. I appreciate you giving me a holler. 
Well, we are glad to have you. And uh, as I said, when we were off air, you were kind of hard to catch up with, a little bit difficult (laughs) to lock down on this interview. But I've had a lot of people asking, when are we going to hear Brian's interview? And they're going to hear you're a guy that people want to hear from, Brian. So we're excited. Oh, well, I'm I'm glad you finally got a hold of me. I I think (laughs) things have been tough, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, we got back from California and, uh, Man, the first time you guys wanted to get a hold of me, I was sick as a dog. I don't know if it was the air, the I don't know what was going on out there, but it was uh I was rough. But well, uh, we're, we're feeling good now. Yeah, we're glad that's all behind you and you're feeling good enough to yeah. join us uh, again. And very excited to have you. What part of the world are you in right now? I am in Hamilton, Ohio, thirty miles north of Cincinnati. Okay. So right outside of Cincinnati. So just to let everybody kinda know where you're from. You were the division three champion or is that division five yes sir division three it is division three because you probably get to compete in both right mostly three it's uh three's mostly uh way down in kentucky and all the way up through uh illinois and everything and uh yeah it's it's all division three cool so brian for the the listeners that don't know as much as they are about to learn about you tell us a little bit about your racing background kind of you know who got you started when that was where it was tell us your story and kind of lead us up to this point back in uh golly when i was probably 16 17 years old in high school a buddy of mine uh had a 68 his dad had a 68 roadrunner and we hung out all the time and i remember him starting up the hot rod in the garage once i mean with it all closed up, open headers, and I, it about scared me to death. I thought, oh, we, we need to go down and check this stuff out. Well, at the time, and I know you're not going to believe this, I had a 78 red Chevy Nova. One oh. of those Disco Novas. Classic. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, my parents were not digging the, me going down to do bracket racing. So I didn't really get to play uh, around on uh, play around with the bracket racing until I was 18. Did go down and hang out with them guys. First time out, I went to uh, Edgewater Sports Park. This would have been in 1992. And I got down to semis, and I think I got 75 bucks. And I was just tickled to death. I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought, <laughs> man, this is awesome. I mean, we could do this for a living. You know what I mean? And uh, we got done. Uh, I went the next two weeks and lost first round. I about didn't come back again. <laughs> Uh-oh. But, uh, <laughs> reality set in a little bit <laughs> yeah it hurt it hurt that first taste of victor uh, little money man we uh i don't know went from uh that to uh everybody telling me uh some of my close buddies had chrysler products and they're like hey you know you need to get you a mopar you know we'll be able to we'll be able to help you and all that stuff but i didn't know anything about anything besides you know maybe changing some brakes and uh found a 72 dodge demon in 93 and to start messing around with it and uh, just started uh, running local brackets with that. Drove it to the track a whole bunch. So, uh, 96, I think, I bought a truck and bought a trailer. Traded that old Nova for a, I hate to say that, traded that Nova for an open trailer and uh, quit changing tires after I drove to the track. So, yeah, got me lazy. But I remember those days. Yeah, man. So you start around 92, and you, you had the bug from the get-go, but two or three years into it, you had you know bought you enough stuff to tow your stuff to the racetrack and not have to do so much maintenance, so you were completely bit by then, and the yeah. rest is history, I guess. 
Yes, wearing out them wheel studs, going to the racetrack, putting them slicks on, that, that's no joke. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days well. So your weapon of choice today, I know what it is, but for the listener, what is that? Uh, I've got a 72 Dodge Demon. I've been running this car for 9 or 10 years, I think. Not a real, not a lot of stuff's been done to it. It's uh, pretty low maintenance. I mean, I try to keep it that way. Uh, I'm tight, man. I hate, I hate to say that. Uh, but I'm <laughs> okay. definitely tight. Well, but, uh, it it works know. for we, you. We do all, right. We, I mean, we do uh, We do, do the best what we got, and uh, we enjoy it. That's for sure. Well, I'd say you're doing quite well with what you got. So, obviously, Brian, you qualified to go to Pomona at the bracket finals. Tell us a little bit about that bracket finals, where it was, and obviously you've said you represent Division Three. So, tell us about the bracket finals that you won that that got you the op- the opportunity to go to uh, Pomona. Uh, well, with uh, bracket finals for uh, Division Three is at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and I've been going to that. I think this is the fourth year in a row I've done. I, I went to it back in the early days for maybe five years in a row, and really didn't have any success. Then the uh, real work being an adult set in and got a real job where I couldn't race all the time. And the last, like I said, I think I've gone four years in a row now and uh, went over there and done all right. But, uh, I'll tell you what, man, it was really, things just fell like they should have. I mean, I know you always get in your mind like, Hey, you know, this is how it should work. At least in my mind, you know, I'm going there and this is what should happen. And obviously it doesn't ever happen that way, but it, it just happened, man. And, uh, I ended up running into a lot of hindsight. I mean, I knew a lot of guys there. I mean, I think it's social media more than anything that uh, sure. you end up knowing more people. You go to the racetrack, and you're like, oh, there's so-and-so, and there's so-and-so, and you talk to people, and you know a lot of guys you race against. And then later on, people are telling me, like, man, you just ran a boatload of bad dudes. Uh, race the champions guys, uh, division winners, uh guy won at Pomona already. I mean, stuff like that, and it just – it just worked out. I mean, it was, uh, I really, it was just, I was in the right place at the right time. I mean, I didn't, I didn't do nothing special, really. It just, it just worked out. Well, sometimes it's that way. Sometimes you, you, uh, just hit all the right breaks or catch all the right breaks, but, uh, I know you well enough to know you earned them when you had to have them, obviously come out as a champion. You qualified at what track, Brian? Edgewater Sports Park. Okay. Please, Ohio. Qualified at Edgewater. You guys got quite a few tracks up in that area, I know, so you get the opportunity to race here, there, and everywhere. But So you qualified at Edgewater, season-long points battle. You go out and you win the bracket finals. And Now, this is probably not – I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot in the <laughs> off-air, but I kind of lied to you a little bit just because I didn't want you to get all, you know, get all that anxiety built up. But right. So a really good friend of mine is a, is a good friend of yours, and – he kind of told me that you was poor mouthing a little bit, like at the bracket finals, like, you know, I don't even want to be here. You know, I might, have, I might have even seen a like a copy of the text, like a, right. a screenshot of it, and like you just really wasn't interested. Is that kind of the secret? I mean, was you, it, was you just is. like whatever, man? Let's just go race. It's just another race. You know what? I've been saying this for the last few years. <laughs> I've gone. It's the race you don't want to win. <laughs> hey, we are a long way from California. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, you are. Yeah, I mean, get into that shortly. 
Right. And uh, Summit, man, Summit really puts on an awesome deal to help us out and do such a thing. But even with their help, it is just, it's a lot of drama. Not, I mean, I don't know if it's drama, but it's just a lot of, it's a lot of hard work to get out there. I mean. Yeah. Well, that's a long way from Hamilton, Ohio. So. Heck yeah. W- without skipping around here, that was just actually the next thing on the list. So obviously you've just won the bracket finals. So your first time to win that, I guess, as we discussed and. You know that you have an opportunity to go to Pomona, California, and, and you're a smart guy. You know it's a long way from Hamilton, Ohio. So what are the logistical concerns getting to Pomona? Where did your challenges start? Do you think, I need to catch um, a ride, I can do this on my own? What's going on in your head right now? Well, my buddy Mikey Sturgill, he'd, he had already you know, he'd had a crazy weekend, won his race of champions, and uh, he won right with us in Super Pro, and we're all standing on the starting line and just everybody's all going crazy. And he come over to me and he goes, Hey man, uh, you know, if I can get this and this and this, you know, you willing to, you know, are you going to be able to go? And I said, Oh, I got to talk to work. You know? Yeah. I'm going to try my best to make sure we make this happen. This could be a once a lifetime deal. And we ended up our buddy, uh, Dean McElvain offered to drag us all out there to, uh, California. We just had to find a, uh, big enough trailer to get enough stuff in there. Ended up talking to Chris Wheatcraft and Charlie Wheatcraft and he's got a stacker and he said, yeah, absolutely. You know, get, we'll loan all your stuff. Let's get you out there. Jeremy Hicks, the uh, motorcycle guy from division three, he was on board. So we had Mike's dragster on the bottom. We had Jeremy Hicks's uh, bike up in the very top and then the very front. And then my car in the top, right behind him. Of course, you hear all the jokes about the Mopar guys. Oh, Mikey, poor Mikey's going to have his cockpit full of oil by the time he got to California, <laughs> all that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it really worked out, man. I mean, I can't thank Dean and uh, uh, Mikey's dad, Dennis Sturgill. Wow, I mean, that, I mean that's a big deal, man. I mean, yeah, uh, at, sure. I mean, th- those guys hooked hook up and uh, latched our stuff down and, and drove – I think it was 2,500 miles or t- something like that. He yeah. got out there, and uh, we didn't have to do nothing but jump on an airplane. Not too bad. Not often do you catch a ride for your hot rod to Pomona, no. California. So that's some pretty good folks in your circle right there. Yes, I, I, and I really appreciate it. And I was going to ask, did you know how far it was from Hamilton to Pomona? But I would guess you're probably all over it with that 2,500 guess. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So you get all those things behind you, the car is set up to make the trip, you load it, they take off, you fly out, whatever, a couple, two or three days later, whatever that is, and you get to Pomona, and now you're about to be part of an eight-car runoff for an ET World Championship. Tell us a little bit about the runoff. You know, where did you qualify, and tell us a little bit about your three-round experience. We had a good time. I mean, I'll tell you what, Summit really took care of us out there. I mean, they treated us like kings. I mean, Wednesday, I think it was uh, Thursday night, we came out there and they had a uh, banquet for everybody. They had a chip drawing to draw chips and find out uh, who was going to run who. They had all the Summit sponsor guys were hanging out with us and stuff. And uh, we had a good time with that. They gave us a time run on Friday. They gave us two time runs on Saturday and then Sunday morning, you know, it was, Hey, get up first. You know, we're going to get out there with the pros, no time run and, uh, line them up. 
I mean, I I was very fortunate to, uh, I guess, right first round. Actually, a uh, guy that uh, read it to me first round. I wasn't that special. I think I was 31 on the tree and went down there and went dead on. I'm like, okay, well, that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> second round, I run this fella and, uh, from, uh, I think he was Bowling Green. And real nice car, real nice fella. Both of us were 31 and 30, something like that. And I, and, uh, I took nine foul and got there. So, I mean, I did a good job there and really didn't kill the tree. And then the final, I run, uh, Brett Erickson. And uh, we here we had identical looking cars. We talked a little bit earlier in the week. We didn't really talk much more about it. And uh, I mean, I ended up double O five on the tree, and he he really killed the tree the first couple rounds, and he he didn't kill it that round there, and I did, and it just worked out for me. And that was a heck of a relief going through the finish line. You know, just look up, you see your wind light on, you're like, whoa. Yeah, I can imagine. We'll we'll get to that here shortly as well, but. Okay. You know, one thing we hear from everybody that goes out there is how well you're treated. And I mean, they really roll out the red carpet for the ET Mm -hmm. champions that come out there. And that experience has to be like no other. But once you get past all that specialness, there's the runoff. There's the eight-car shootout. Now, was there did you feel any pressure? You know, I've, I've raced with you. I've, uh, you've raced at races I put on. I just never picture you as a guy that feels the pressure. You just seem really loose all the time. But this this was not like a normal trip. It, it's funny because uh, I don't feel like I like lost my mind on the pressure out there. I mean, yeah, all I had in my mind was we're going out there and they've got these big camera booms hanging over the uh, starting line and burnout box and you've got a big jumbo tron to your right. And I had, uh, I got other buddies that said, you know, made it out there and said, uh, whatever you do, don't see yourself looking on the jumbotron, you know, cause you're going <laughs> to freak out. Yeah. So here I am just, just kind of trying to pay attention and I'm trying to get in their deep states. So that's my one job is doing a burnout, trying to get together with the starter starter and just get in deep and just wait for that other guy to get in, you know? Yeah. And not knowing you deep stage. Out, man. Well, and, you know, I would think there would be a little bit of pressure and anxiety because I know you're a deep stager, and I assume the rule there is get in if you can. We're not going right. to to hold it for you. Is there, like, some kind of gentleman's agreement with your opponent? Is there something going on with the starter where you say, you know, look, I, I mean, if he double balls me, is there anything, you know, I, I, is there any discussions like that, or are you just on your own? Generally, if I don't know the guy out Especially if I like making a hit with a top bulb guy, I'll say, "Hey, don't freak out. I'm rolling in deep. Don't don't uh, don't think I'm screwing around or nothing." And uh, when we went down there, I had no problem. It was funny. I was like, I was like the only guy deep staging, of course. And in a national event, I probably was the only guy deep staging there. I was probably about the slowest car there, definitely the ugliest car there. And we go down there, and uh, our second time run, uh, one of the guys missed their time run. So instead of eight guys being there, there were seven cars. And I'm the last guy in the lanes. Well, that caused a problem for me. Well, everybody's, I've got a little sign. I've got deep all over the car. I look at the starter, show him my little deep thing. He's like, gives me a thumbs up. Another guy gives me a thumbs up. I'm like, okay, we're all right, because here I'm making a buy run. Dag on if they didn't run the tree. <laughs> mm. But at least we knocked that out early, you know, before elimination. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good uh, thing because, uh, you know, I've deep staged a long time, and I know, I know where you know it's not deep friendly. It can uh, – the, the race starts in the water box. So. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. So it's it's good to, to see you get through yourself. that. No doubt. So, you know, you're not really feeling the pressure. You're you're out there way away from home, and I know you got folks back home rooting you on and sending you messages and the whole Facebook experience and all that. But tell us a little bit about the atmosphere. Like you, you told us how Summit rolled out the red carpet and treated you great. But what about the entire atmosphere? I mean, you're at the World Finals, the NHRA World Finals, where championships are being determined on the highest level of our sport. So did it feel any different, Brian? Were, were you starstruck by anyone that you, you wanted to see or, or shake hands with? How was the atmosphere overall? It was really, the weather was beautiful. We were there for, uh, I think, five days, and the weather was beautiful. The track facility was real nice. Everybody was super, super friendly. Everybody was helpful. Just, I don't know, man. It's just everything about the place. I mean, there was, there was a, it was jam-packed full of cars in certain areas. But where we were, we had real nice parking spot. I mean, all the Summit ET guys were kind of parked together. And uh, it wasn't a bad spot. There was a big crowd. Big crowd. Yeah. Beautiful weather. I mean, like every day it was like 70, 72 degrees and no humidity or 5%. I mean, it was just. Well, I mean, beautiful, beautiful weather for being November. And, that was uh, really perfect. Yeah, it was, What a, I mean, really, really cool experience. You talked a little bit about your three rounds of racing. Which one or which ones would you consider the most key there? Did, did you feel like you got away with something that helped you or that obviously um, you wouldn't? Nothing real bad in Pomona. I mean, uh, Pomona just worked out. It's, it's funny. Uh, when we were at Indianapolis to qualify for Pomona, it ended up being eight rounds, no buybacks. They ran two rounds on Saturday, and then we got up Sunday for third round, no time run. And, man, I got down to five cars. And, uh, I, of course, I didn't get to buy for any of those last buys. I had to earn it. Tell you what, man, I got down to three cars. I run uh, Katrina Shane, and I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> and I, I, I am not ashamed to tell everybody that. And what a super nice, nice girl and uh we ran and it was like it was a decent race and we got done and then i you know she told she come up told me congratulations and that's probably the most nervous i've ever been i just run uh nick hastings around before and i didn't feel like that i already beat him and i was a total wreck at three cars in indianapolis <laughs> i really was well i was a lot on the line that. sure sure so. that i mean that's where i i was a total wreck but it, it, everything worked out and uh you know, whatever. So the biggest key round actually that got you there, you feel like came at Indianapolis, which, you know, I understand completely. Uh, those, that trip to Pomona looming out there has to, you know, it's on your mind, whether you, you've been racing a year or, or 40 years. So uh, you obviously got through that and got it done. And then now you're in Pomona and you've just turned on the electricity in your lane and the final round of the sportsman world championship what was it like, Brian? I mean, you're again. You're not a real excitable guy, but it that has <laughs> that has to get you out of your element a little bit. And then you had to realize you just accomplished something amazing. Right. It was something else, man. I mean, just looking up. You know, you're looking over, looking over, and then you look over to your side, looking for a wind light. Your lights on, and it's like, man, I'm glad that worked. <laughs> and you're coasting down there. And, oh, I mean, well. Uh, uh, 
what a load off. I mean, <laughs> what was going on in the car? And I know you're a wrestling fan because again, we have a mutual friend. So <laughs> was it, was it two claps and a Ric Flair? Or I mean, was it just a, oh, a little, man, uh, a little fist that, pump or what was it? I, I was a little, yeah, I, I was a little wound up a little bit. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it, it was funny. I got all the way to the finish line. I'm looking down at this guy in the camera and I kept waiting for him because I, I saw a little bit of the stuff earlier on, I guess the day before. And they've got this guy in a big old crow's nest over the, uh, sand trap looking down in your car. And I thought, should I fist pump? Should I clap? Should I, <laughs> cause they might be staring right down at me. And then I'm, I think I did were- that one round clap, but uh, I came around the corner and, uh, one of our buddies from, uh, from, uh, the Dayton area, Rick Carletta, he he was doing safety safari. He rolled up on a four wheeler and fist bumped me and just all wound up, man, and just really neat. My phone started blowing up right away, right away. <laughs> stupid. I mean, Very we're cool. we're down. We're a quarter mile past a quarter mile. My wife's texting me, going, "Wow, that's so awesome. Where should I go?" I'm like, "Well, come down here. They're they're trying to get through our contingency and look at our cars." But I mean, we're half a mile from the starting line. Well, she rode up on a golf cart with our other buddies. Well, she says, well, I'll start walking. I'm like, holy cow, you're, you're half mile. I'm like, well, hurry up. So she ends up going all the way down there. And, uh, those, uh, guys are there kind of acting like, well, you shouldn't be out here. And I'm kind of walking towards them. So she gets down there. Then, uh, division three director, William Tharp, he calls my phone. He goes, where are you guys at? I said, I'm down here at the finish line. They're, they're looking at my car. He's like, well, they're waiting on you. We pile in the car, uh, stands with everybody down there. And I mean, Really, really awesome. I mean, it wasn't packed, packed, but there was a lot of people out there. Beautiful weather, and we're just we just coasted back down in front of the stands, and uh, everybody cheering and clapping and hollering, and man, it, what an amazing deal! I mean, just the whole time you're thinking, "Wow, this this, this just really happened." I mean, yeah. that's what you think's supposed to happen, but it happened. I mean, it just yeah. that's what you go out there for, but it's still, you, you won't, I guess you would never really understand it until you feel it. That's got to be an experience like no other. Yes, sir. So not trying to get in your business by any means, but we, we ask just so folks kind of know what you're racing for. I mean, I know there's some hardware and obviously some, uh, monetary gain there. What was the prize package like for you? It was 5,000 to win. And, there was no splits. One thing we talked about, uh, you know, good for you. Real su- mm-hmm. I said, good for you. Honestly, I mean, that makes no sense. 5,000 and nothing. We'd obviously be talking about it somewhere, but, uh, here, you know, I didn't know if they needed, they would even talk about it. So all we did was talk about lane choice. And, uh, we said, well, let's just flip for it. Don't worry about it. We flipped for it and told each other good luck. And, uh, I feel bad because I never actually got to talk to Brett after the race because, we were hung up in the everywhere waiting to get pictures. And by the time we got back to the pits, he'd already left, but, uh, yeah. super nice guy. I mean, guy really deserved to do well. I mean, he really, he earned it, man. You get all the way down there. I mean, I feel bad for him. You know, he, he's a heck of a driver. Yeah. That's uh, that's obviously got to be difficult to deal with getting to the last uh, race down the racetrack and coming up short, but I'm sure, um, he was, understanding that he was facing a tough competitor and was happy for you as well. You know, that's those, one of those things you just deal with after you race a little while. But so you've competed at a high level for a long time, Brian. I mean, obviously you talked to us early and said you started in 1992 and you've done your share of winning uh, from that time to now. 
if you could get to, especially a sportsman racer, a guy that's went out there and competed in sportsman class, which, you know, some of the cars that run sportsmen compete and you compete on the highest level with your car and other categories. Some of the sportsman cars, those guys sometimes might think that their car or, or their skill level is not where it needs to be to step up to pro or some of the larger foot breaker bottom bulb races. What would you tell those those racers or any racer the secret to long-term success in this sport? Because you've done it for a long time at a high level. Race within your means. Don't spend a bunch of money that you probably shouldn't. Work with what you got. Try to do better yourself. Uh, I think having a your car not being all that great uh, makes you a better driver. It makes you drive harder at the finish line and then the starting line. Uh, and, I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, enter your local points. Make sure you just show up and enter your local points, support your local track. I mean, for $25, you ended up getting lucky and go to Indy, and you ended up doing well. And next thing you know, you're sitting in California thinking, how did this just happen? <laughs> Pretty cool story. I mean, it is. It, it's And it's something you just, you, you need to, we don't need to lose any more tracks. So you got to support everybody we can. I mean, it's, it's a shame how, you know, the economy, and I hope the economy is a little bit better now than it was. That's what I would say to guys, you know, and say, you know, you, know, it does, you don't have to be no bad dude to do whatever. I mean, you just go out and do your best, and you don't have to be the best. You just got to be better than the guy next to you at the given time. Very well said and very good advice. And uh, hopefully more people listen to what you just said because, you know, we, we get caught up thinking we need this or that to be a winner. But what you need is a winner's mentality first, and the rest will fall into place if you are willing to work hard enough for it. So great advice for our listeners out there, Brian. So tell us what's next for Brian Henderson. 2019 going to be much of the same or anything um, different happen in your racing program? I'm going to try to hit some of the bigger bottom ball and foot break races if I can. I've got a uh, NHRA gold card. I'm going to try to use that as to my advantage the best I can. I'd like to like to go to Indy again and you know see what happens. I mean, I don't know, just more of the same. Uh, you know, we we're going we're going to stay local, but I would definitely want to hit some of the big races if we can, just see how how work's going and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. You know, when you're choosing those big bottom bulb or foot brake races, you know, you like the deep stage. So look at the races that might be a little friendly to you deep stages. I don't know where those are, but I'm sure there's Absolutely. some out there. <laughs> I, I, I've been to one. It's probably about seven and a half hours away, but uh, you know, it's, it's, I've been to one a few times. It's a pretty nice place and right. pretty decent folks. I'm sure they hope to see you back soon. So, Brian, you uh, you mentioned some people that helped you get to Pomona. I know there's people that, that help you with your racing program, whether it's, you know, financially or, you know, there's a guy at the parts store that takes care of you or somebody that comes and helps you pull the trans when you need it. Uh, are there any people that, that you need to send out a special thank you to before we wrap this up? Oh, absolutely. First and foremost, I want to thank my wife. She is the first person to say, Go ahead and do it, whether it makes a lot of sense at the time. If it's a big entry fee, go do it. She comes sometimes. Sometimes she doesn't go to the track. She was one that back in the early days, she'd help change the tires. 
when we get to the racetrack, we drive that old orange car down there, and everybody go, whoa, she's a keeper. So <laughs> we used to do that, yeah, for real. That's the one I want to, you know, because you know you got to have you, you got to have a happy wife at the house. If you want to do good in racing, that's for sure. Yes, sir. Uh, want to thank I want to thank both my girls, uh, Katie and Morgan. You know, I'm I'm not always home because of that stuff, and uh, I think they understand sometimes. You know, Daddy's out trying to make a little money. So we we do what we can. Uh, my mom and dad, I mean, they're. I'll tell you what, those guys they they have been so supportive. My parents, uh, they're you know they're they're getting up in the years and they can't really get out and do whatever. And I'll tell you what, the biggest thing that's ever happened with them is uh, D three TV and Motor Mania. Yes, because I mean it is so nice that uh, I can text mom and and she'll say, hey, uh, what when are you? Just text me right before and she can come up and watch. And I got a, I got a quick little story because of that. She had texted me Sunday morning, and we were back and forth. And she said, "Well, they were going to church at ten uh, thirty. I said, "Okay, I won't text you anymore." And we were in the fourth or fifth round. Well, a little bit after that, I said, "Oh," I, she texted me. She said, "I think I missed you." And I said, "Oh, I thought you were going to church." She said, "No, we're staying home to watch you win." Oh said, wow! Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a little now, how cool is that later? <laughs> Barry. Uh, so that that was just a really neat experience. I, I got to thank all the guys that uh, stuck around at uh, from Team Edgewater that weekend. I mean, you don't think about it, and, you know, I was in kind of in my own thing and and at the end just everybody just going crazy and hanging out in the winter circle and get pictures taken. I want to thank uh Dick Wanley from Edgewater Sports, but he owns that track. Uh he's owned that track, I don't know how long. He's had a long time and uh I'll tell you what, uh it, it's got to be a rough thing to be a owner because no matter what you do you could have a thousand dollar to win race for free entry and everybody all those bracket racers gonna complain about something and i don't know why these guys even do it but uh, i appreciate him guys that helped me get out there to indy uh uh jeff scyther jamie uh fenner it was great having will tharp in california i mean he he just started this uh, division three director thing and man he was just all over the place, helping us all, making sure we were where we needed to be. Good stuff, man. I mean, for real. Um, yeah. Guys that helped us get to California, too, uh, that are actually uh, still with us uh, to help us this year. Uh, Cajun Sanity, uh, McIlvain Race Cars, McCready's Garage, uh, Eric's Alignment, Brewer's Performance, BJ Fab, Ryan Burba Designs, and Mark Sullen's E85 Carburetors. And we've got a couple new guys that are going to help us uh, this year. Is uh, Firecore Performance Ignition Wires. Uh, you can find them at customwiresets.com. And they got some really, really nice uh, spark plug wires. And Powermaster Starters. I don't know. Just, just If you can, check out our Facebook page at Hendrickson Racing for results and upcoming events. And uh, like I said, just support your local track. we gotta, we got to have a place to play, you know. Yes, sir. Awesome list of uh, supporters, and I know each and every one of them are super proud of what you accomplished and proud to be associated with you, Brian. You're just a, a well-liked guy throughout the pits, and I know that's why you get so much help and support from all these folks. want to congratulate you again on a, a very, very amazing accomplishment. That's a, that's a really big deal, and 
people race their entire lives trying to get there and come up short. I was one of those guys for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I thank you. Uh, and, and I, I want to say one thing when we were in, uh, we just got off, off the airplane in California, went, went to Santa Monica pier and a buddy of mine in Columbus, Ohio texted me and said, you got big shoes to fill. Big Jed just picked you. <laughs> well, you about well, ruined my weekend. Well, you got to pick somebody, <laughs> but you, you definitely go with somebody that you believe in, that you know is capable, and that you fit both of those. So it, it was really cool to see that work out. And, you know, it certainly made me feel pretty good about my pick because I'm not. <laughs> I appreciate it. I knew I picked a winner when I picked you, Brian. So congratulations <laughs> you. again, and, and really thank you for coming on here and sharing your experience, your your championship chase with us. But you listen to the podcast, so you know we're not done. This was that was just uh, you know the information part of this. Now we're going to get into the the real fun part, the the rapid fire. You know what rapid okay. fire is all about. I do. I absolutely do. And again, I feel like I need to be completely honest with you and tell you that I had a little bit of help. And with some of these questions, and it might be uh, very apparent on question number five. But uh, <laughs> five, gee whiz. Uh, yeah, you got five of these, so let your hair down a little and uh, just relax right. and just give us the answers. You ready? All right, let's do it. All right, favorite pro wrestler of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair. That's you know that's why I took a shot at uh, two claps and a Ric Flair when you won uh, the championship. I thought maybe you give it one, but you said you didn't. But Rick's an all-time favorite of everybody, so very good choice there. Favorite beer? Miller High Life. Light. I need that light any anymore. I'm. Be a little thick in the middle. <laughs> there, was a, there was a little wager uh, or discussion about whether you would say the High Life. Or if you would put Miller in there, but you did say Miller. <laughs> okay. This might be this might be a good time to tell your story that you talked about off air, uh, like one of the times one of our uh, <laughs> <Okay>. interactions. <laughs> uh, uh, I just I just remember uh, one of the times me and you ran into each other, and we were at a Lions Dragway in uh, uh, Indiana for the No Box Nationals, and we were all hanging out at the. Uh, Golf cart race, you know how golf cart races go. Oh, yeah. Get a little wild, get a little late at night. Everybody, it's, everybody's all wound up, been in the coolers for a little while. And you were standing there in the lanes, and I, I, I think you and your boy was down there. You know, and we were hanging out, and you just walked out and said, "Hey, I might be in the wrong place looking for an ice cold coke, or but you got, you know, anybody give me an ice cold coke?" And I just looked at you like, "Man, <laughs> you're gonna have a rough time finding ice cold coke right now." Yeah, yeah, y'all had 50-quart coolers down there, and it didn't look like everybody was drinking Coke, but I took a shot at it, and it just come yeah, up. Yeah, it was cool. worth a shot, for sure. <laughs> no doubt. So you talked a little bit about your early start in racing, but tell us your first win, age, year, and track. I'm going to say that would have been 93. And it might it was probably in that old Nova, that six cylinder Nova. It ran eighteens, uh, and uh, is it, that was at Edgewater Sports Park. And, and you were uh, how old? Uh, I would have been nineteen. Nineteen. But that was the car I drove to school all the time. And I thought I was hot stuff. You was hot stuff, Brian. That's why you thought you 18 were. Eighteen seconds. Well, I know all the all the ladies. Oh, I'm glad you know. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, man, I would have killed myself if I had had something else. 
<laughs> well, a good thing I had a straight six. <laughs> Probably a good thing, yes. <laughs> so, Brian, would you rather watch the Cincinnati Bengals play football or watch an oil down get cleaned up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a toss-up. <laughs> for real. I thought it might uh, be difficult for you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> uh, well, you don't I'm have gonna to. Say, I'm going to say the Bengals, but, man, it's close. <laughs> Barely the Bengals. Both pretty miserable, I take it. Oh, it's it's a shame. I, mean, we, I love to root for the home team, but, man. Yeah, you just can't get interested. Oh, it's it's hard. It's it's a shame. So, last question, and, and a question I never really even dreamed I would ask on the Sports Drag Racing podcast. And, you know, I went back and forth, should I ask this? Because, you know, I, I really want your answer, and I don't want to give anybody any information about you you don't want given, but I was told it's it's clear. Do it. Last question. Okay. Strap, strap the car down on the trailer with ratchet straps or just rely on the parking pole to hold it in place? I'll tell you what. I've got the baddest parking pole. Uh, anybody I know. The, the last time that thing got... Well, here here's the deal. When uh, Dean... I took my car up to McElvain Race Cars at New Carlisle, Ohio, and I told him, I said, I just want you to be careful with this. You know, she ain't pretty, but she's all I got. Well, he just... And I said, and this thing ain't been strapped down in about four years. And the last time that was, I was coming back from Tennessee when I broke the rear end. And he said, buddy, we're strapping that sucker down with no less than six straps. So that was the last. That was the first time it had been strapped down, which would have been in November of 2018, and that was the last time. And, uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe the it. Trailer. It is. It's in the trailer right now. No straps, and uh, we went racing yesterday. So <laughs> very interesting. You got to strap them down in the top of the stacker. Now, he yeah, yeah. Of- I didn't want to hurt the guys underneath or the or the sickle up front or. Anything like that, I mean, I'd have felt really bad if that happened. Yeah, he wasn't worried about your car. He was worried about the rest of the stuff in the trailer and the trailer. So, <laughs> well, and I've got a scooter in the front. Usually, it's kind of like a, a parking block, a block sometimes. So, <laughs> exactly the situation. Was <laughs> oh, we had a situation. The scooter is the guard. Oh man, I, I mean, I was trying to leave and go straight to work. I was working midnights and. And I got beat, and I jumped in the car and, and trailer, and I got out of that car three or out of that trailer or the truck three times, looking at my hitch, thinking I didn't have the hitch latch or something. I'm like, what is going on back there? I pulled to the front gate. One of the ladies at the front gate, like, hey, your back door's not closed. What? <laughs> it is. It has been banging back and forth, and sprung the uh, back door wide open. Well, this by four inches wide, and the scooter was totally underneath the car. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. She's a good but you one. Made you made it. You probably won that night. <laughs> uh, I didn't win, but yeah, we we do what we can with what we got. So Brian, you're uh, you're easily the most interesting man in the world. That Dosecki's guy's not even close. Uh we uh <laughs> we you. really appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight. Awesome finally catching up with you, talking about your amazing championship season in two thousand eighteen. And we certainly wish you all that success and more moving forward into 2019. I appreciate you guys calling me. Also, I, I forgot one more. Uh, Optima Batteries is with us this year. So that's one more guy that's, that they're helping us out a bunch. And I apologize for not saying that a little bit earlier.
Well, well, thank, thank you for calling me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, look forward to seeing you at a racetrack somewhere along the way here soon, and uh, good luck till I see you again. Okay. I hope to see you real soon. Thank you. All right, Brian. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land, then you do the L ride, and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. March the 29th through the 31st, the IHRA brings the Summit Sportsman Spectacular to State Capital Raceway in Port Allen, Louisiana. This race will provide racers with the opportunity to race for not only great payouts at incredibly reasonable entry prices, but also an awesome overall experience. The Summit Sportsman Spectacular will now offer track points for racers that are in those respective track point systems. They are bringing back favorites like Big Chicks, IHRA membership bonuses, and Ironman in top, mod, and juniors, along with round prizes. IHRA and NHRA credentials will be accepted at both races. State Capital Summit Sportsman Spectacular will feature a $5,000 to win top payout and a $2,500 to win mod payout both Saturday and Sunday. For more information, visit www.ihra.com. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at bteracing.com. Com. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. On behalf of Luke, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank this week's championship guest, Brian Hendrickson, for joining us and the sponsors who make it possible to present this show. Please support them. Tell us what you think. Be sure to message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, or you can at either Luke or myself on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again soon. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like... All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. On behalf of Luke, I'd like to thank you for listening. 
I'd also like to thank this week's championship guest, Brian Hendrickson, for joining us. Oh, I said Hendrickson. Hendrink. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.